Man, Hoopheads basketball fans, appreciate you guys for uh, chiming back in with us. Of course, you know what this is. This is Tate's Take, the podcast. Find it anywhere you find your favorite podcast. iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Red Circle, Stitcher, streaming live on YouTube. I see you out there. And also streaming live on uh, Facebook. So I appreciate everybody that's having the opportunity to check in with us. And of course, to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. You guys know that that is like the golden word of the day, if you will, uh, if there's a such thing. And um, also make sure that you go and follow uh, on social media at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. I always hashtag that where basketball lives. I guess that's my own little slogan or whatever, if you into that sort of thing. Um, remember also, as you can see it, uh, scrolling across on the bottom on the ticker, feel free to comment below with some questions and opinions. I'm going to feed the people some really good information and I won't be by myself because I told you guys I got somebody else that is a, I thought I, y'all thought I was a college basketball head. Like there ain't many people. I don't do a whole ton of like recycling guests, but I had to make sure I did it on this one because I'm like hearing some other people after the last podcast that we did, I was like, yo, like this dude knows his stuff. Like this dude knows college basketball and he's very passionate about it. Obviously like you, I, I didn't know that we can make a Deshaun Tate clone by any means, but uh, I guess the good Lord hooked everybody up. If that's even a good thing <laughs> when making a Deshaun Tate clone. Uh, so without further ado, I want to bring my dude up in here, man, because dude, listen, when I say dude knows his stuff, like dude is on top of it. He's doing all sorts of really neat things. And I'm gonna make sure that we plug that. Plus I learned something new uh, about him today too. At least I kind of think it was something new. So let's go ahead and jump up into it. I'm gonna bring my dude in here. Kobe Dent. Uh, looks a little uh, kind of hard to see you a little bit. It might be the situation. Kobe, what's popping? How's it going? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I for a second there I was looking bright, and now uh, I gotta talk. You know, I gotta hire a cameraman. That's that's what we gotta figure out here, man. <laughs> Yo, so uh, I, I I told I didn't have a really a chance to let the people know what we're doing. Obviously, we're gonna get into some of Coach K's comments. Um, just some overrated teams, some underrated teams. A special segment called uh, uh, Locks of the Dant. I'll explain that a little bit later too, as well, and. Um, We've had, what, now about four solid weeks of college basketball so far. So keeping our fingers and toes crossed that we'll be able to uh, complete the season. Yeah, man. I mean, obviously, uh, I know we, we, you know, that what Johnson going down for Florida's got us, man. I don't know. I'm just hoping, I'm just really hoping that, uh, that we get this thing. Cause I think that will halt everything. Not only, not only, you know, college basketball, I think that halts. I, I would be very shocked if the SEC in football was like, "Yeah, we're still going to play," you know. If <laughs> you know, and, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm wishing the best for Johnson and his family. I feel horrible that they even have to go through this, especially during the holidays. So just absolutely horrible. So hopefully we can get past this, and and he'll be okay, and and everything will go forward. Hopefully. For sure, for sure. If you could do me just a really slight favor, uh, and just kind of tilt your camera down just a little bit. That would be outstanding. Perfect. Perfect. I'm trying to brighter last time I was on. What's going on? Same spot, same computer, same camera. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it, it is a little dark where you are and uh, not nearly as clear. But nonetheless, I think the most important thing is that the people are getting some really good information and content 
Um, and then I guess it works out well uh, for who needs to hear the information more importantly than anything. And I just want to make sure that uh, I do my part here by uh, at, mm, that's weird. Okay. At the Kobe Dant, if I'm not mistaken. Kobe D, D, just the letter Kobe D. D. At the Kobe yeah. D, there we go. Okay. So that's what we got in our locker room today, man. Kobe Dant is my dude right here, man. Y'all going to love this. Writer, college basketball analyst, comedian, something I didn't, can't say that I knew before. Uh, and podcast host of the College Experience Sports uh, Gambling Podcast Network. Catch him on Twitter at the Kobe D. That is at T H E C O L B Y D. And what you think, man? I, I got to get your opinion on something before we go into your special segment. I decided to do the, 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 the I, I can't say I've ever done it before. I decided to go with the porn mustache today. Uh, I, I've, I, you know, the, the 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 nieces and the nephews. I got about ten of them. They're all making fun of me and whatnot. But I got a couple people that say they digging it, man. You like the porn mustache I got going? I'm loving it, man. Look, look, and look. You're you might be ahead of the curve. You know, it, it takes a trendsetter to know it. You know what I mean? And and maybe a decade from now, five years from now, two years from now, you know, everyone's going to be doing that. So I say, I, I think you own it well. Keep, you know, t let the haters hate, man. You're fine. Heavy influenced by Larry Bird, I guess we can say that. And uh, even more so uh, that, um, I don't know, maybe I'm just trying to channel my inner uh, El DeBarge or something like that. Let's get into the locks of the dance. And this was something that I told a couple people. They're like, man, I need somewhere to be placing some of these bets. I don't know, maybe you can kind of guide them in the right direction. But I need some locks, Tate. And I typically don't like me personally to use the word locks, although I get a lot of people that come to me that are like, dude, I need some locks. I need some teams. I'm, I got a couple dollars to play with. Okay, Christmas coming up. I need a couple extra funds. And I'm like, I got the perfect person for you, okay? So we got this segment called Locks of the Dant. Not Locks of the Day, but Locks of the Dant. We get one money line bet for college basketball, one over-under bet for college basketball, and one um, and one spread bet. Or it could be NBA. It could be football. Whatever Kobe Dant wants to do with it, who are some of those? Uh, well, you know what, man, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stay true to your show and I'll keep it back. I, look, we got football. We got it all covered. I don't, you know, I, I work for sports gambling podcast.com. They're my people. We, we started that thing. Uh, we publish all of our picks. We pick every college football, college basketball game. So I got to shamelessly plug myself for a second, but I'll, sure. I'll stick to basketball, um, uh, with college basketball, you know, since the season started, I, I want to, I don't want to jinx myself because I've only had two losing days since the season started on my locks. Now I've had okay. days where I've lost, but in my locks only two losing days. Tonight's a a, a light slate, but I'll start off with uh, I will take you to uh, to San Diego, California, where I got the Nevada Wolfpack. I think laying. Let me let me give you a current this very second. I believe laying three now. It was two and a half against San Diego. Steve Alfred squad. You know, coming off of a loss to a Grand Canyon team that I don't think people realize Bryce Drew is doing a solid job uh, in year one with, with uh, Grand Canyon, which, believe it or not, it's a university. I think a lot of people get that confused with that online commercial with Larry Fitzgerald doing the Phoenix University. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, this Nevada team's actually decent. And I, I, I was never the, the, a big Steve Alford guy at UCLA or even prior, but 
this isn't San Diego State we're talking about. This is San Diego. So I, I think Nevada's got enough talent with Grant Sherfield, uh, Desmond Cambridge, and Zane Meeks to really put it on San Diego. So I'm going to lay the three and, and and take the Wolf Pack there. Now, did you say did you say call for a, a, an upset, a money line one? I'm trying I'm trying to go through the rules here again. Yeah, no, it's all good. It doesn't necessarily have to be upset or whatever, what have you, but just whatever you feel confident in. And it could be college basketball today. It could be NBA today. It could be tomorrow. It could be NFL. Whichever way you want to go with it to let the people know where they need to be putting their money at so they can get some extra Christmas presents. There we go. There we go. Okay, well, uh, Nevada is, is option one. Option two, I have a fade Northern Arizona uh, rule and that really happened. Like I was uh, doing some stand up in Flagstaff, Arizona, a few years ago, and okay. I, my car broke down, and I was stuck in Flagstaff for a couple days, <laughs> and I ended up going to watch some Northern Arizona basketball. And no disrespect to the Lumberjacks, but they have a horrible <laughs> basketball program, right? Like I mean, I, I actually, dude, most of the time we can watch a game and say, you know, I don't belong anywhere near this court. You know what I mean? It, you know, mm. it's great to see these athletes. But I, that's one game where I watched and I said, damn, I actually think I could play in this game. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, and look, so far this year, the Lumberjacks, I took Arizona. They open up with in Tucson, and I, I think I laid 27, and I covered. And then UC Riverside, which people don't realize. that That's a real university that's actually not bad. I laid them again in their second game. Uh, and UC Riverside covered one by 24. And now they take on Colorado State, who's only played one game in the Mountain West. But I, I would say take the Rams and lay the big number. Colorado State's supposed to be a good school in, in the Mountain West this year. A lot of uh, publications have them, you know, finishing in the up, like top two, top four um, in the Mountain West. So I like the Rams laying, what, what are we at, 16 I'm seeing here? There's 15 and a half out there as well. Shop around. But uh, those two stand out to me. Now, like I said, it is a, 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 these are obscure games, so I will go and give you a decent one. But the problem is, is it's going to tip in about 14 minutes here. Give me the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Yes. Uh, they're, they're, they're catch, uh, the number was at three last night, and it's at two and a half currently over at Circus Sports. Give me Rutgers uh, on the money line. I think that's a dog play right there. I think Ron Harper Jr., I just like the guard play of this Rutgers team, yeah. and I think Maryland's still, still rebuilding a little bit. Just watch them get destroyed by Clemson. Um, and and normally, Maryland's got a nice home crowd. Well, COVID's taken that out of out of its element, so I, I say, uh, you know, Rutgers on the money line. Man, that's my dude right so, there. It sounds crazy. No, it's all, it sounds no, crazy it's that we're – it does. No, it does. And I, and I was going to say, too, that, you know, you're just talking about yeah, being in some of these different places where we're like, you know, I think I can play for this team. I'm starting to think I got a pretty good shot to being on Kentucky's roster right about now. We'll get into that here pretty soon in a little bit. But uh, obviously mentioned Grand Canyon, which I thought was pretty solid for the last few years, if not nothing else. And obviously uh, the job being taken over um, by uh, by Drew. Uh, from uh, from Danny Hurley. So I'm sorry, Danny Hurley, Dan Marley rather. Uh, but nonetheless, man, appreciate you. Uh, real quick question. Which way you got, which way you got this stuff going for Monday night football? Who's on the slate tonight? What those numbers look like? Who you got for the night? Uh, let me pull up that live number, but I, I do believe here, actually, give me like 0.2 seconds an hour because I had did not look yeah, at no the number worries. until I know I, I kind of threw you off. 
I probably threw you off just a little bit. Well, I, I, a, a lesson for every gambler out there: try to bet the game as early as possible. I think. Um, uh, I got Cleveland plus three. It's at it's at Baltimore minus three right now. And and look, Baltimore. I don't know why they just look off this year to me. Um, mm-hmm. They do kind of have number, but I feel like these games are always close. But the, earlier in the year, I think they put it on Cleveland. But I don't know something about the Browns, man. I, it, give me the give me the points. I, I just something about Baltimore. As much as I'm a John Harbaugh guy, I think he's a, one of the, like an underrated coach. I'm a Lamar Jackson guy. A lot of people, you know, I remember when he got drafted in the first round. A lot of people were name saying, "Hey, my guy, Jalen Hurts." By the way, if you listen to us, I've been fighting for Jalen Hurts. <laughs> people were calling him out, saying it's a horrible pick by the Eagles. My my guy's gonna play some good ball. Um, but yeah, give me the Browns plus three. Man, make sure y'all follow on my dude who's on the show right now in the locker room, as I like to call it, with us. Kobe Dent, writer, college basketball analyst, comedian. Make sure I throw that in there, podcast host. Go and check him out at the Kobe D. Now, I want to jump into some of this straight college basketball talk, obviously. Let's start off with uh, one of the Blue Blood programs, that being Duke. Okay. Some comments by Coach K. I want to know where you stand on this, because I heard – Obviously, uh, his comments going into the season about how we need to play these games. And then he loses two games to two Big Ten teams, obviously one of them being over my shoulder here. He's the Michigan State Spartans in Illinois. And the next thing you know, he's talking about, yeah, I don't know. It's really such a great idea, whatever, what have you. We probably need to put it into this. And he stops uh, playing his non-conference games and just wait until they get into conference play. Nate Oates, the head coach of Alabama, steps in. And kind of mentioned something about it to a reporter indirectly, but directly at the same time. And pretty much just said what everybody was already thinking anyways. And now he's apologized for it. Do you think he should apologize for what he said? I mean, I, I, I said for him having the balls to even step up and say it was just enough for me. Uh, yeah, man. I, and I'm all on board. And I think that I think he has probably, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm in a bubble here, I guess. But uh I think he has the voice of the common person here that thinks, hey, you know, what What do you mean, dude? Like, you're the one that was lobbying for this. And I think it's only fitting. Like, if you were undefeated, I really doubt, you know. And then I even thought, like, he was in there and he's like, I don't I, Did you see, did you see uh, Coach K's, like, he released a video the next day saying, you got to remember, these guys aren't paid athletes. There's a mental toll. And I'm sitting there like, yeah. I agree. Look, we're we're the first to lobby. You know, I, I think you probably agree with me. They, there's there should be some type of payment for these players, but at the same time, mm-hmm. you where was this before, dude? You know what I mean? Like you're saying this. I, I find it convenient that you're mentioning it here. And Christmas is right around the corner. It's been a hard year on us. Look, man, and and I and I sympathize with the players, but at the same time, to me, after a year with COVID, dude, I haven't been able to do stand up. Take my and and that's something I love to do. You have to love stand up because. You get into it with with going to do bowling alleys and shit like that, like performing at really really tough spots. So like, yeah, I would. I don't care. I don't care. I'll play. I love what I do. Like, I, like so. I think the players want to play. Uh, you saw at college football, Trevor Lawrence released that, and then every Justin Fields, everyone else, uh, you know, retweeted that they want to play, man. And and you can't just live in a box. I understand. You know, it's been a, a crazy tough year, and the numbers are really high. But at the same time, I just. I don't buy it, man. I, and I, I was sad to see Nate Oates apologize because I think you just own that. But I was sad to see like Dick Vitale come at Nate Oates and all these other people. And I'm like, come on, man, it's his opinion. And 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 you gotta think there's some merit there. What 
It's like, remember when he had that back injury in like the mid nineties, coach K? Yeah. Remember yep. that? Remember that? Yep. And, and I, I like that team they had, but that chip started falling. He's like, Oh, and you know, the back injury's back. I'm out. The back man. Thing. I'm yeah. Out. The back, you know, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> And I like, dude, and Coach K's done a lot for the game, you know, and I would probably like him as a person. I don't know, but I'm saying, I, I come on, can we all just call a spade a spade and say, you know, that's some BS? That's what yeah, I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree to that. I, I would definitely would have liked for Nate Oates to own it. Obviously, he picked up the phone and called Coach K. He felt really bad. He apologized. Maybe Coach K kind of smoothed it over and talked to him about, you know, where how he was really looking at it at the time and whatever else, what have you. And this is the same guy that's that off 357-ish uh, Division One teams deserved an opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament. So, um, but that's neither, you know, here nor there. Um, and so I'll be really excited to see um, what's going to come out of all that. And speaking of Blue Blood programs, there's another one. Uh, that uh, you know, six hours north of me, which is the halfway point between here and essentially Detroit in a roundabout way, Lexington, Kentucky, Kentucky Wildcats. So, essentially, Coach Cal starts the season out one in three, okay, going into their last game, and that's the first time that had been done since his very first year at Memphis, where they followed that up. They followed up one in three by going one in three in their next four games. It looks like he's on a very similar trajectory. We know that they're a bad three-point shooting team. People are never going to allow you to forget that during halftime shows and so forth. What in the hell is going on with Kentucky, dude, and what is the problem here? Because apparently this whole one-and-done recruiting thing is just not panning out. For a lot of the programs, obviously it worked for them in 12, it worked for Duke in 15, but if you look at the last handful of years, you have a Virginia team who didn't have a one and done. You had a Carolina team who only had one one and done. You had two Villanova teams that didn't have a one and done. What is your outlook on exactly what's happening with Kentucky right now? Well, I mean, there's two things here. I mean, first off, it's the evolution of basketball, um, the grad transfer. And you're seeing this in football, too. I mean, just t today, you know, uh, I there was like 200 names that grad transferred, essentially. I mean, the season's not even done in football. And they're like, yeah, next year I'm going somewhere else. And and, and look, and I support that. I, I think players should have the freedom to try to find a better place for them. But uh, in college basketball, I actually think it it helps the game. I, I, I know. Look, I have a. Uh, I'm curious your take on this because, uh, you know, through my podcast, a lot of people reach out saying, oh, I miss the 90s. And, you know, growing up and I grew up in ACC country where, you know, they were they were epic games between North Carolina, Duke, Maryland um, and the Big East with Georgetown, Syracuse and stuff like that. And, and just deep teams, incredibly deep teams that had NBA players on the bench doesn't really happen anymore. But I actually think from a from a equal standpoint of the game. Like the game, like you you wouldn't see back in the '90s. You wouldn't see you know a VCU in the Final Four, or mm -hmm. out of nowhere Texas Tech making a run, or Loyola Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I think the fact that it, I think it's great for the sport for the for the hardcore guys like myself that are watching. And, and I know mm -hmm. I'm, I, would imagine, I think it's fantastic for the sport. Now, sure, I'd, obviously you would like the name recognition to see you know a star stay at a team for for a few years, but um, I, I think it's this is the evolution of basketball. And I think in the future, Calipari and coach K 
you, you look at North Carolina last year, I think you want to get the perfect blend. Yeah, you want to get that freshman that's just going to be absolutely you know, on another level. But I also think you want to surround him with some key pieces, maybe maybe a, a grad transfer from, I don't know, northern Iowa or something that where you know the guy is, you know, is solid and, and can, is a good player, but probably doesn't have a, a NBA skill set, maybe, maybe in Europe or something. But um, uh, I think that's, that's what's going on. And I think well, I do think it's great because you're, I, I actually kind of enjoy when a, a blue blood has a down year or two, like North oh, Carolina boy. last year, I was like, yes, yes, beat them, Georgia Tech, beat them, you know, like uh, every team. So, uh, but, but I do think when you, when you get, when you look at this uh, Wildcats team and they, they don't pass the ball well, I mean, I, I was, I was breaking down. I want to say it was the, uh, the Kansas game for, for my podcast. And, uh, mm-hmm. They were coming off that Richmond loss, which I like Richmond a lot this year. But me too, all, me too, yeah, dude. Oh, they're, they're five, five redshirt. I believe all five starting five uh, redshirt seniors. Yeah, um, but uh, they only had I, I I can't recall the exact number. I think it was like seven assists the whole game or something like that. It was something unbelievable that you're like, how do you even do that? You know what I mean, like. <laughs> have skilled players you know what i mean they're young but it's like something's not right there and i and, and i actually think calipari traditionally is a pretty good he's not just like a uh a, I, I don't want to mean to throw shade at rick barnes but i feel like rick barnes is more of just a recruiting guy right i think calipari is a recruiting guy but he also can coach i actually believe that he is a good coach at you know situations he can really be a good basketball coach I, he, yeah, I don't know how you lose to Notre Dame, and and they got to pass the ball, they they got to shoot the ball better. But I mean, th- I think the the key thing is, I think that game, and they were actually lucky that Detroit canceled because Mike Davis, former Indiana coach, yeah. I kind of like his team, man. And Detroit might have beat him. Now they got and they had UCLA and Louisville after that. I find it ironic they couldn't play that game, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but I I really think it's probably passing. I still think there's time to get it together. The, no. ta- the, the talent's there. I mean, the talent's there. They just got to to work out the kinks, and and it's and this hasn't been a normal year to to defend the the COVID thing. You know, like I who knows how much time I I don't know the the how much time the players got to actually go play. You know, I would imagine everyone had the same amount of time, but at the same time, who knows with COVID? You know, so, and I, so- and it's funny you say that because. I don't know. I just feel like everybody's using the COVID thing for everything. You know what I mean? It's like, well, you know, you know, I'm picked up a couple pounds. Not me, of course, because I'm the skinniest dude in the world. I could probably hula hoop in a Cheerio or a rubber band. But it's like, you know, I picked up a couple pounds. COVID, you know. Hey, how come you didn't clean your room? You know, COVID, you know. I mean, like, I feel like COVID is the reason for like literally everything that you didn't do that you were supposed to do. You know what I mean? It's like COVID this and COVID that. And I've also feel like Kobe Dan, who's joining us right now, obviously living in my brain rent free because I'm, if anybody makes comparisons to uh, 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 Coach Cal and, and, and Rick Barnes about how great of recruiters they are, but can never get the job done in the end and so forth, maybe having a, um, uh, I guess the word I'm looking for here is uh, potential to being out coached. Nobody else is there than, than than a couple of those guys, especially Rick Rick Barnes. So I think that we're pretty much right on track and feeling the same way about a couple of them. Let me ask you a, a question about this blue blood thing before we move on to talking about Keontae Johnson, and then obviously following that up 
with some of the rankings before we get out of here. Um, give me, and I don't know if I asked you this last week, I was having some conversations with a couple buddies of mine and it led to some more conversations with different buddies of mine because I felt the need that I want to get different people's opinion as passionate as I am about college basketball. Who are your list of blue blood programs? Like if someone said just name as many or all of the blue blood programs in college basketball, who are those? And, and not only that, but what's the criteria? What is, and, just, and, and there's no right or wrong answer. It's just as it's left up to Kobe Dant, who are those? And what is that definition of blue blood? What's that criteria? Who are those teams to Kobe D? I mean, I think it's something that it's very subjective because uh, I think I think it's just, you know, symbolizes basketball, essentially. And, and, and I think that can change, you know, like so take Indiana, for example, they've been out of it for so long. I don't consider them a blue blood. I don't. I don't. They're still a, a decent program, like going in and out. You know, you got a game next up against Indiana. Yeah, you got to take that serious. They're still a good team and they have some especially talent. especially if it's at Indiana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's not. I would not put it on that pedestal that it was once at. Same with look, I grew up in Washington, D.C., Georgetown. I mean, we mm -hmm. talked about this last night, man, and I it, it pains me to see it, but they're not a blue blood anymore. I'm sorry. It's mm -hmm. been too long. It's been too long. They're not a blue blood. They were they were for a little bit there. But um, but so. I think it just means uh, you make the tournament maybe 10 years in a row and actually do something. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't off the top of my head. I just think you, you just think, Oh man, they're legit. And I think that still comes with, even with North Carolina having the down year, we know they've had success lately, just not last year. So they're still in the blue blood. Duke's still a blue blood. Your Michigan state Spartans, as long as Tom Izzo will be there, I would be very, you know, surprised if they're not a blue blood. Um, in my mind, at least Gonzaga, I do put in there because they dominate that conference, even though they don't have a natty. I just think they're always really, really talented. You know what I mean? Like it's even on years where they lose, like I, they don't ever have losing records, but years where they lose traditionally more than they, than they do in other seasons. You still look at the roster and you're like, yeah, they got some good players. You know what I mean? But like, how, but, but how unfair is that though, Kobe, if you have a, a program like in Indiana who obviously isn't what it used to be, but it's not like they're, you know, San Francisco when they had Bill Russell and then they won two titles and they look like they were this dynasty of some sort. And then obviously, you know, they haven't looked the same since, uh, you know, you have a Gonzaga program who is consistently good. A lot of times, not just because of the transfer, transfers that they get, but even more so because the West Coast Conference that they play in being so less than stellar. And they have no titles in one Final Four, but you have a team like Indiana who's not, who don't stink. I mean, they're not terrible. They're just not what they used to be. They got, what, five national titles, but they can't be, they can't live the blue blood life to Kobe D anymore. Like, you know what I, is that? And how far? And not only that, but how far do we go back when we start considering blue bloods? Like, are we going back twenty years, twenty five years? Is it ever since this thing was put together in nineteen thirty nine, or when James Naismith created the game, December twenty first of eighteen ninety one? Don't ask me how I remember that, but just in general, like, what is the criteria, and why is that? And even for the people, and I just want to make sure I'm gonna give you that opportunity to speak on it. For the people out there, streaming live on YouTube, streaming live on on, uh, on on Facebook, 
feel free to, to, to comment below with your questions and opinions. What is the criteria as we're talking about right now uh, for Blue Bloods? You know, how far back do you go? Who are those teams? What is that definition? Go ahead, Kobe D. Uh, first of all, I was impressed with the with the reciting of the James Nathan <laughs> and being, you know, I, 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 I'm just going to go with it because I have no idea, but it sounded great. <laughs> um, um, I think, though, it's subjective, man. But I will say there is something to it where I think coaching stability. And I think Indiana is one that hasn't had that with the, the failures under Tom Crean. The fa- you know, Archie Miller kind of hasn't lived up to it. I, it's, it's too early to tell. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But defend him even mike davis i just mentioned him a minute ago now he got him to the championship they lost to maryland but i mean um it just it's just you know and i actually think he's a decent coach but it's just that's you walk you're going into a place with with crazy expectations and let's let's be honest as much as as much as you know i've been to, to indiana i've been to they have butler they have a rich basketball tradition but i mean i i the 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 players aren't in Indiana, you know what I mean? They're in New York, they're in, you know, Virginia, they're in, you know, where a lot of other places, in my opinion, there's, I'm sure there's still some decent talent there, Georgia, you know, whatever, whatever, Florida. Um, but, uh, I just don't, I just don't think that they've earned that title over 20 years. Now, I, I think that changes per decade. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I know we're making this up as we go, but mm-hmm. Mark few has never missed the NCAA tournament. So, we can knock him for a lot of times. I fade Gonzaga in the NCAA tournament. I do. You know what I mean? And I think the year they went to the final four, I look like a fool. You know, if you, you know what I mean? We, so, we, yeah. we, we look like fools. Yeah. Yeah. But, but at the same time, I, I, I do believe that like, yeah, it's, if you, I think you make a compelling case where if you put Indiana in the West coast conference, do they make the tournament every year? Perhaps, perhaps, I don't know about every year, but I think, you might you might have them in the tournament every year so then you could say well then does the coach have more stability because he's making the tournament every year perhaps but i still think gonzaga like they're kind of like on the san antonio spurs thing man they go like around the world just Mm -hmm. getting these players that i'm always impressed with their skill level maybe maybe they lack some physicality sometimes against you know some of the, the 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 other blue bloods but I'm always impressed that I'm like, damn, like this dude can play. And I never even heard of this guy, you know, like, mm-hmm. but, um, but uh, to add to the, to, to the original conversation, Villanova, you could argue that Villanova was out for a little bit, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? And then they came mm-hmm. back, um, Kentucky. Uh, what about the years they had? Uh, what's his name from A&M? Billy oh, Gillespie. Gillespie. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, they were really bad. Now that was a short leash, but I mean, yes, it was. Uh, Kentucky stays in there because they're they're just the Kentucky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, Arizona is one that you got to think. You know, mm-hmm. Sean Miller didn't get it right. Are they on the outs on this? Because they they look and and I remember the days when Arizona was just filthy. You know, UCLA, mm-hmm. Steve Alford. Are they still a blue blood? They have so many national championships. How can you say they're not? But at the same right. time, it's like they it's haven't like, been the same. They've got their three straight final fours. What was that? I think 06, 07, 08 or whatever. And uh, Ben Howland, I think, at that time or whatnot. Yeah. And I, didn't, I obviously didn't mean to cut you off, but I definitely feel you on that. But I also feel like once you start mentioning Arizona's, who was the last team out of the Pac-12 to win a national championship, and that was 
I don't know what 97 to 2020 is, but I feel like that's probably somewhere around 23 years or somewhere in that range. My math is really bad, so that's why I do this podcast. But and just in general, you know, when you start mentioning Arizona's, you probably got to get really close to start mentioning Michigan's and, you know, and then it's like, yeah, we can't go that far. You know what I mean? And so I definitely agree with you on what you're saying. I think the consensus would probably still say the top five, and I'm not trying to put this in increments of five. We can do that if you like. That would essentially over time be probably Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, UCLA, and North Carolina. Four of the five all wear blue. Actually, I think all of the five wear blue. Uh, but when you start getting into, you know, the next five, it's really difficult because where you would put a Villanova who has, what, three national titles now, um, but they fell off much like Indiana did, but Indiana has more. I'm not going to go as far to say that a football priority or dominant program like Florida deserves in, but they've got their two national championships, something Gonzaga doesn't have. And they have just, they have, you know, just as many final fours as Gonzaga does. And since, you know, 2010s, you know, for the last 10 years, you know, and they got another one in 2000 when they played for the national championship and losing to Michigan State. So I think that there's just so many different elements. It's easy for us to say with this team, that team. I mean, hell, dude, since 2000 or since 99, what is that, 21 years? I mean, dude, UConn has four national titles, but they're not what they used to be. Uh, man, coaching stability. If Calhoun's still there, they're regarded as one of the tops, you know, and Mm. and I know he's really old, so I, I don't. But but I, what do you think about that angle? Because I think the fact, like I'm out here on the West Coast, and I think people think Gonzaga is the best team on the West Coast, not Arizona, not UCLA, year in year out, and uh, I think it might just have to do with college basketball. You know, the players change fast. You know, especially at those big programs, they're going to the to the league or they're going somewhere pretty fast, and the coaching stability kind of like resonates in your mind of like, Oh, they have, I know they have him and they'll, they'll be a good team. You know what I mean? Do you think there's any, any merit to that? Um, I think in some ways, I mean, we're sitting up there talking about Gonzaga, like, dude, you just talked about the year that they went to the final four, you know, you faded on them and as did I, and we look like fools, but I have a really good feeling. And I'm not saying a great feeling, but I do have a really good feeling that with this being the year that everybody's talking Gonzaga, 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 because they look like the best team in the country and they probably score the most points of any team in the country and whatever, what have you. And then you're looking outside of them. You say, Baylor, uh, maybe. I'm not sure if I feel as confident about them that I do Gonzaga and not really a whole bunch of other teams after that. So the consensus is going to say Gonzaga. Well, this is the year that I would take them in that they still don't go again. And then I can see when April rolls around after Final Four or going into next year, you're saying to yourself, I'll never touch that team again because nobody was in the same conversation as them a year ago. And they still didn't get the job done that we needed them to get done that they needed for their own program this being the best shot for them to do it. And I can't even guarantee that they're going to do it, especially not having guys like Philip Petrusev and uh, Killian Tilly. But, and I don't want to get too crazy with it uh, and just oversaturate the conversation by any means, but I'm just kind of curious to know, even from the people, who are some of those blue blood teams? Who are your blue bloods, number one? And number two, what is the criteria? What is your definition of blue blood? 
if it is a, a increments of five in, in, in Carolina, Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, and UCLA are all off the board. Who is your next five? You do have Arizona. You do have uh, obviously uh, Indiana. You have Michigan State. You have Nova. Virginia. I mean, I don't know if you want to put Virginia in that conversation, but are we forgetting anybody else? Because I feel like we are. Uh, I mean, wait, you didn't have Michigan State in there? Oh, Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. So there's so there's Arizona, Connecticut, um, Villanova, Indiana, Michigan State. Uh, and I'm trying to think. I mean, you. I mean, Kobe Dance says Gonzaga. I mean, there's some other teams that maybe you can throw in there at that point. But I guess just a little something for the people as we get ready to roll on. First of all, let me let the people know who we got on here, man, as we probably got every bit of maybe let's just go about nine or ten minutes left. With my dude, Kobe Dent, man, bringing him in and talking a bunch of college basketball. This dude's smart, man. It's all get out. Hella funny, too. Check him out. He's a comedian as well. Writer, college basketball analyst, comedian, podcast host, the whole nine. Follow him at Kobe D, at Kobe D on Twitter. Um, I want to get into the top 25, but I just want to very, very briefly get your opinion on what's happening right now. Uh, Keontae Johnson and maybe what information that you have that obviously just came down on today. Uh, had a game over the weekend, an in-state rivalry game against uh, Florida State, and within the first couple minutes of the game, coming out of timeout, collapsed, dude fell flat on his face. Prayers to him and his family on, you know, the, the, the outcome and the result uh, of what's going to happen with him and his career and so forth, and that it's a speedy recovery for him, but that happening, I don't know, Kobe. I, I I I told you the other day. I think yesterday, you know, and even today we're texting back and forth. I'm getting some weird feelings about this dude. And if this stuff is COVID related, in which I'm really hoping that it's not, I'm afraid that it's gonna cancel out a whole lot of stuff. Not only college basketball, but basketball in general, and a lot of our sports. What are you hearing? What are some of your takes on what's transpiring with uh, Keontae Johnson in the way that the NCAA needs to kind of handle this situation? I just find it smells to me, man. It smells, you know, it smells and I, funny. I'm, yeah, funny. I'm no doctor, man, but like they haven't released anything. I think they've moved him to three different hospitals now and they have, they haven't released anything with the exception of the fact he's in a coma. You know what I mean? And, it's just, I mean, yeah, I get it maybe on Saturday or Sunday, but this is, you know, we're, we're pretty far into, like, this is creeping up on Tuesday at this point. Yeah, yeah. and, and it, uh, it's really concerning uh, that they haven't, I mean, a doctor has had to diagnose something, right? I mean, it's been this long. I'm no doctor, but you would just think they would figure something out right now saying, oh, this would be an issue. Now, I, like I said, COVID, who knows, but I would think we're studying it, but, you know, around the clock right now as a society. Um, it just smells to me. It seems like they're protecting it to me. And, and I just, I look, I hope, I really hope, you know, first off for, for him, for him, you know, cause you know, this is a kid that's uh, first off, he's a hell of a basketball player, yes, you know, but then the fact that, you know, if, if the university, first off, how do you fail that? If that's the, if, if let's, play devil's advocate if it's the worst let, let's say it was covid you only have like a 14 15 man roster how the doctors miss that how, how, i don't and, and i do think at that point you know which my my stance has been play the games but i do think if that is 
if this this is COVID, I I might look back and say I was a fool, especially if this guy loses his life. You know what I mean? But even with it right now, you know, with his life in jeopardy, perhaps um, it's not a good look. And it just seems weird the that they've issued statements and the statements don't reveal anything. It's 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 it almost it reminds me of like when uh, like a, a, a you know, someone getting like when the president when JFK got shot. You know what I mean? It, the statements that they issue, you know, you're sitting there like, OK, this doesn't say much. But we know something happened. You know what I mean? So I, and I, I just, I'm surprised that our media, you know, the way that we cover certain things, how have they not gotten to the point of this more? You can't tell me that I, I understand doctors, you know, they, they can't release everything. But at the same time, I'm just shocked that, you know, this is TMZ world, man. You can find out like, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, like, you can find out if like Bruce Willis went on a date last night. You know what I mean? Like what, what what's going on here? Um but yeah, it's really concerning. And, and like, like I said, like you, you, we read that article from USA Today. I know you sent me that, and then I, 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 you know, sent you something that was tweeted. Just doesn't something's not something. And I'm surprised that we haven't covered it more. And I, I don't know if it's just the unknown that people don't want to touch it or what. But I, I it, it doesn't taste. It doesn't feel good to me. And it, and it just feels like we might. I, I the only thing I can think of is that it, it's 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 COVID related, and we're all doomed, which I hope is not the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with you on that, and just with where, like you said, with where we're at in the society today, that's kind of where all of our brains are automatically going right now. You know, with everything, and I don't think that that's the worst thing in the world because that's just the reality that we're living in. And sometimes I feel like people try and run away from that. Uh, from time to time and obviously, you know, putting prayers up for him and hoping that that's not the case. But I tell you what, not that money is any bit of important in this situation because it's not. But in the event that there that it is, this family's looking at a ridiculous amount of payday because this is also a team that uh, had to postpone a lot of its team activities over the off season because of COVID and the exposure. You have the grandfather that's speaking up right now that is saying essentially, um, you know, we, 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 I don't know if he was tested positive or not. To me, that's a little, uh, well, and the funniest- a little hard for me to believe if I'm just being honest that he doesn't know and that nobody knows and now, obviously, he's been one that has been uh, transported back to Gainesville. But go ahead. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, man. I wasn't paying no, no attention. No, no worries. Oh, yeah. uh, but, no, I mean, the financial side, you mentioned that, but also from the NCAA side, which which makes – when I see the, the press clippings released like that as as what I'm seeing, as what they're, they're, they're classifying as, it's very you know limited. And the only thing I can think of is that the N- NCAA is protecting their money. They know how essential – College football and college. Imagine if the college football playoffs don't get played. That's millions of dollars at stake. You know, because this wouldn't, if this thing is real, it ain't just affecting basketball. It's everything. Now, I know it's only basketball and football that bring you in revenue, but I'm saying it is going to make it really challenging for the next year. If that's the case, then college football next year, because look, I know we got the vaccine or whatever, and there's news on that, but at a rate that, there's a lot of unknown still out there and the numbers are growing daily. So I just think it makes it, Oh man, I would hate. And obviously then what we're looking at it from the basket, the entertainment side, but the real side is like, you know, this is a, a, a university that then potentially played a player that had this thing. And this guy might lose life from it, which is just absolutely horrible. So 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I can tell you that I'm surprised that's not covered more. Yeah, not only that, but I'm a little bit surprised that with everything going on in the world today that uh, that that they even continue to play this game, knowing everything that's happening. Like a dude just fell flat on his face. We don't know if he's going to live. We don't know what happened. We have no idea. Probably yeah. haven't seen something remotely close to that, maybe since Hank Gathers or something like that. Uh, but we're still going to play the game because the game is important. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. But um, with just a couple minutes left with you, Kobe, I uh, want to get into some of this top 25 with you. Um, Gonzaga comes out ranked number one for week four for the AP poll. Uh, 54 first place votes. They're 3-0. and uh, Baylor is second with seven uh, first place votes. They're 4-0. and And Iowa with one first place vote. Uh, checking in at number three, who is six and oh, uh, just to jump through this first top 10. Uh, Michigan State is at number four, six and oh, Kansas, number five, six and one, Houston is number six, four and oh, Villanova, number seven, with one loss, West Virginia, number eight, with one loss, Creighton, number nine, with one loss, just took one to Kansas over the weekend, and then uh, undefeated Tennessee, who has only played two games appears to be the least amount of anybody ranked in the top 25. Uh, they check in at number 10. Of those 10 teams, Gonzaga, Baylor, Iowa, Michigan State, Kansas, Houston, Villanova, West Virginia, Creighton, and Tennessee, is there a team on here that you uh, that sticks out to you like a sore thumb beyond any others that just interest you for whatever reason that it may be? Uh, well, I think Kansas is misranked. Um, I haven't been very impressed with them this year. I, 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 I just think that, you know, they barely escaped North Dakota state. They, mm -hmm. they, did, Hey, they got a good win against Creighton and I like that Creighton team, but um, I just don't know. I don't know how you have them ahead of Villanova. I know Villanova lost to Virginia tech, but I think Virginia tech's a decent team. Mike Young's doing a good job with that, with that Hokies team. And, uh, I mean Tennessee. I don't know enough yet. I got. I watched them beat Colorado, and I, I like you know Colorado. Uh, it's got a few players. I like McKinley Wright, but um, uh, the one that just stands out to me is I'm like okay, and I, I and I had my doubts about Iowa too coming into the yeah. year, but I, I'll say this: I think me and you both agreed we had we talked about some college basketball and like oh mm -hmm. dude, I was overrated. They st I still think they're overrated by the way, but yeah. I will say that was really impressive against North Carolina. They looked oh, really sure. good. Yeah. They looked the inside, the outside game, the passing, you know, they looked really good and I, I can't knock them there, but uh, I am shocked. About, I think, is it me or is Kansas just their own reputation right now? Yeah, they're their own reputation. And in some ways, I'm not saying a ton of ways, in some ways, I think that Michigan state is their own reputation as well. Um, I, I think that they are, and they aren't for different reasons. I think that they are there based on reputation. Uh, because that's what it is, but also because they beat Duke. But if Duke's really not that good, they don't really have very many more impressive games on their resume in a very short span. I mean, yes, they beat a Notre Dame team uh, who I don't think anybody would necessarily sneeze at, even if they beat Kentucky. But we just got done talking about Kentucky's not really like that. Uh, so I do have that sense that Kansas is there based on the reputation. Houston may be feeling like the most – underappreciated and disrespected uh, team in the top 25. Uh, furthermore, you know, you do have a Creighton team that is a little harder for me to believe in. 
For me, they're a little bit more along the realm of Iowa, if me, uh, to me, anyways. Uh, and then you have a Tennessee team who has only played two games when it appears that everybody else is playing more four, five, six, seven games. Um, and how do you rank them if they don't play nearly as many games? Like, where do you put them considering yeah. all games? And, and I mean, I'm sorry. Once again, I'm cutting you off, man. But like, no, 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 go ahead. Uh, there's a couple teams that, like, have you watched Missouri? I did, dude. I'm, now, loving, I'm loving Missouri, bro. Dude, they look really good. Now, I'm not sure if they should go from unranked to 16. But, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm okay. If they went from unranked to 22 or they went unranked to maybe maybe 20 max like i don't think they deserve a better ranking than 20 like i don't think that they've proved necessarily enough but they play really hard and anytime that you are in that uh crossroads or or or, or border wars or whatever match up with illinois and you beat them again a really good illinois team you've got to be pretty damn good i mean people in in, in columbia missouri are obviously really optimistic and for a good reason and we we mentioned, you know, look, I have nothing personal against Rick Barnes, probably a nice guy, but I, I question his coaching, right? And we mentioned Kentucky being down. We know Auburn is down. Uh, Florida's got their best player, you know, in, in, in a coma. Mm. SEC could be up for grabs, man. And and to me, the way that Quanzo Martin's gotten, I know it's early, and I, I don't want to do this because I feel like every year, it's like me with Baylor last year. It's like, they're the best team in the country. And then – uh you know, two weeks later or a month later, you're like, yeah, well, I don't know what I was thinking. But um, but uh, I've been extremely impressed with them. I also have been extremely impressed. And, and San Diego State, I've been really impressed yeah. with them. Like, they, I love the way they play defense, man. And, 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 you know, Arizona State, I think, is really talented. But Bobby Hurley's another one I think the, the jury's still out on, on, on yeah. how well Bob Hurley can coach. Because, I mean, I, look, I, I got nothing against the guy either. But I like that. I look at Arizona State's team from a talent perspective, and I'm like, this could be a really nasty team. Yes. But, but their performance it, every time, I mean, they almost lost to, to Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon by one, yeah. Uh, and, and even Cal, who who struggled in the Pac-12, or, you know, in, yep. in college basketball season. They haven't played many Pac-12 teams yet. But yeah. they, they got very fortunate to beat Cal. That was a, like a, a game that was like down to, the, down to the last minute or two. Now, I do think they were the better team, but uh, it – I just haven't been impressed with them. But San Diego State, I feel like I, every year, dude, and, and look, at the end of last year, I was fading them. I took Utah State to beat them in the Mountain West Championship. But uh, they're just a team to me, though, that year in, year out, they have like this blue-collar mentality. And it's just that they mm -hmm. won up on UCLA. Now, UCLA didn't have a couple guys, but they still won by like 20. So it's like, can your guys really make up that much? <laughs> Maybe, but... Uh, I've been really impressed with them, and I thought they were, you know, not getting any preseason love, you know. So, but let me ask you this: We, uh, I talked about Rutgers. Have you had a chance to check out Rutgers this year? I have. I mean, dude, even from them putting this whole thing together last year, I think it kind of started the year before last, but for the most part, it being last year and what they've been able to put together under Steve Peichel, dude, I think is just outstanding. It's awesome. It's good for the Big Ten. It's good for Rutgers. It has a very similar feel to maybe where Rutgers' um, football team is trying to get to under a new coach as well. Well, a, a new coach again, I guess, if you will. But 
Uh, it just has that similar feel. And I just, I'm not going to go as far as saying college basketball is in a much better place when Rutgers is good. Like, I'm not sure it really matters that much, but they play, um, you know, they play at the rack when they play at home. It's always pumping. It's always jumping. Uh, a very difficult place to play at a lot of times, especially if Rutgers just has a decent team. A lot of people talk about Ron Harper Jr., obviously, uh, and I can't, Forgive me for, for butchering his name, but the last name I think is Amori, uh, who is the highest ranked recruit in Rutgers history. Not that he's done a whole lot as a freshman, but I just think that having that kind of lineup that they have mixed in with experience, a very passionate coach, uh, and then even a player that's pretty damn good coming straight out of high school uh, in their highest ranked recruit in school history, who we really haven't even talked about very much. Sky's the limit, man. I mean, we talk about, you know, Big Ten. I mean, you've got so many good teams in there. We know about the ranked ones, you know, the ones at the top with your, you know, obviously Michigan State and Illinois and Iowa. But as you get a little closer towards the bottom, you know, is where you have your Ohio State, who I still think is pretty damn good and was really high up there around this time last year. Uh, Rutgers being right there, obviously. Michigan re-entering the top 25 again. They're undefeated. Uh, Penn State taking some teams down to the to the you know to, to the bare bottom. So this is a really tough conference, dude. I think from top to bottom, in my opinion, the toughest in the country. Uh yeah, and they proved that in the in the in in the uh, what ACC Big Ten Challenge because I think those are your uh, people would say probably your top two conferences coming in. I actually think the uh, I actually think the Big Twelve is a little underrated too. But um uh. I, I think the Big Ten is by far. I mean, especially they proved it on the court, but even coming into it, I thought last year, I thought the same thing. It's like, man, like even though I'm a skeptic on Iowa, but I mean, this year I was I was all over Illinois and uh, Michigan State's pretty much playing. I still think they're playing at the level I imagine they would be at. Um, but I think Rutgers is playing better than what I, I thought they would be right now. And then I guess we got to learn more about Maryland and Ohio yeah. State, you know, Ohio State's been banged up a little bit. But uh, Indiana even, dude, I don't understand how Indiana, they, they've been kind of up and down to me. But mm-hmm. I'm saying, I, I watched one game where they look great. I was like, oh, yeah. my, who are they playing again? I don't, I don't I don't remember who. But I was sitting there, I was like, man, maybe the Hoosiers are going to, you know, be a, a real player in the Big Ten. And they still could be because they they got some talent. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's cut and dry the best conference of college basketball. Look, a lot of the, look, and I grew up in ACC country, but a lot of the people love to say year in year out ACC is the best. That thing has changed, man. That yes, it has. being down, and I get it. Virginia is good, but I'll take the Big Ten. I think for the past few, like I don't, I think it's more than a couple years now. Big- say, yeah, about three or four. It's getting close to four. Definitely every bit of three years, I would say, and I would take them too. And. While we're talking about that, there's a couple teams within the uh, Big Ten as we move now to the next slate of 10 teams. So you have Texas, um, who is at number 11, Wisconsin at 12, Illinois at 13, uh, Texas Tech 14, Florida State 15, Missouri 16, Virginia 17, San Diego State 18, Rutgers 19, and Ohio State 20. I think that's where you have the biggest bulk of probably the Big Ten teams. Um, give me your take on just a couple of those teams. Who's underrated? Maybe who's overrated? Who do you like? Who do you kind of dislike a little bit more? Again, Texas, Wisconsin, Illinois, Texas Tech, Florida State, Missouri, Virginia, San Diego State, Rutgers, and Ohio State. Uh, I'll say Wisconsin hasn't looked the part yet to me. Mm. 
they lost to Marquette, and even in the Rhode Island game, which they 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 actually were imp- decently impressive in that Rhode Island game, but they still, I don't know, like that that I guess I just need to see more before mm-hmm. I, I sign on with Wisconsin. You know, my brother's a huge college basketball fan, and he was really sold on Wisconsin this year. So I've been texting him back and forth, being like, I don't know, man. But um, I I Chaka smart, Chaka yeah. smart. I'm telling you, the defense that Texas is playing right now, mm-hmm. uh, I mean. The, the thing is, you know, the college basketball, it, it, it's, you know, it, it's a long race. So I don't want to get ahead of myself. But if you were to tell me right now, if we either do the tournament tomorrow, I actually think I wouldn't be surprised if Texas was in the final four because the way mm. they're playing defense uh, and, and, and I don't know, I mean, obviously seating would have to matter, but mm. I've been really impressed with them. And even look, even their losses were like that Villanova game, you know, yeah. Uh, it was a close game. I'm Vill- I think Villanova was a better team. They got the win, and um, but I still, you know, I still been really impressed, con- especially considering Texas' season last year. So maybe that has something to do with it. But um, Ohio State, I want to see more as well. Uh, Michigan, though, I've been really impressed with. I-, I thought one of the best things Juwan Howard did was bring in Phil Martelli. I thought that was a, a smart yes. move for a guy that hadn't coached college basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was bullish on the Illini. I do think the Illini will get back, and I think they're going to be too. Yeah, so I, I, I think they're going to be a player in that conference, and I think they're going to be a player on the, on the national front. Like, wouldn't be surprised if they're in the Final Four still. I mean, I, I think I took them at the beginning of the year, so I got yeah. I, I got to still own that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, you can't do too much backtracking. I guess you can if you want. You're Kobe Dent, man. You can do whatever you want. Uh, and when you got somebody like Illinois, man, I, I really believe that one of the things that they need to kind of lock in, laser focus on a little bit more is to get more than just two guys involved if they want to win basketball games. You know, everybody talks about Ayo DeSumo and Co- Co- Kofi Coburn, which it's no surprise that I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm really happy I got the last name Tate and I don't have Coburn. Uh, but I will say enough to say that the Illinois team, we know that the, what the offense is going to run through. Okay, we know it's going to run through those two guys, obviously, the same way that it did in 2005 with D. Brown and and Darren Williams. But the thing is, they got other guys involved where you didn't just have to lock in on a couple guys. And, you know, you had bad shot selection and so forth. You got your Luther heads in there. You got your James Augustine's in there. You got your you know, you got different guys. that were able to step up and do so many. uh, Powell is another guy. They they had so many weapons, and I think that they got a lot of weapons on this Illinois team. Brad Underwood just has to do a better job at not channeling so much of his inner John Katie grouchy look and more so look more into some of the other guys on the team that are pretty much wide open instead of Ayo DeSumo taking shots over like three of uh, defenders. Uh, Texas Tech, obviously a team that's really good defensively. I like them this year. I think they're going to be tough. Wisconsin obviously was another one of those teams for me. Not as much Florida State, Missouri for me, or Virginia is just going to be Virginia. Them and Texas Tech always going to be those two stifling defense teams, uh, but have that questionable offense sometimes, as I saw Abilene Christian, who I love this year, um, you know, against Texas Tech. And and that one came down almost to the wire, I think like a four or five, six point game. But um, as we jump into these last five, typically you don't see Duke in this conversation, but you have Duke at 21. North Carolina at 22. Wow, just the thought of having Duke, North Carolina at 21 and 22, and with Kansas not even being ranked, UCLA not even being ranked, 
You have uh, Louisville and Clemson and Michigan. Just a, a little bit of some thoughts on a few of those teams as a good buddy of mine who always chimes in. And I absolutely love uh, this dude right here, Rob Hamilton, who's checking us out on Facebook. How about my Clemson Tigers? So uh, we will ask Kobe Dant along with uh, some of those other teams in that last five before we get up out of here to kind of dive into them a little bit. Uh, it, it, what, specifically Clemson right now? or, or yeah, Clemson and, and just any of the five. Clemson, I've been thoroughly impressed with. I mean, they just put a beating on on uh, on Maryland and what they took down Purdue earlier. And you know, I, I'm gonna I'm intrigued to watch them as the season goes on because I I tend I I guess I kind of had the middle of the pack and they are looking. I mean, can anyone really tell me that Duke looks better than Clemson right now? Right. Why? I mean, why? Honestly, why is why is Duke there? I know we've been bragging, we've been we've been bringing down Duke a lot on this pod, but. What what makes you believe? Like, where's the win that tells me that that's? I don't think they belong in the top twenty five right now. Hmm. And that, I heard you know what? That's funny you say that because buddy of mine, John Good, uh, Jeff John Goodman, Jeff Goodman, um, said the same thing. There is no Duke in my personal top twenty five. I think one of the reasons that, if any reason, it's not the wins. I think it's because. Again, they're there. The same reason that Kansas is where they are. Um, but you do have Coach K, arguably or inarguably the best coach in college basketball, maybe even history, maybe, um, that's still walking around on their sidelines. And they're one that you don't want to count out because they will make you pay. And I yeah. kind of think that that's why. I'm, I'm just saying, man, for the for your, for your pal, that's a Clemson fan. Rob, mm -hmm. I think it was. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, Rob, their, Clemson's resume is better right now. Clemson's resume and they look better, man. When you watch them, I've been really impressed with with Clemson, you know, with Sims and Honor, and then uh, you know, what do they got? Johnny Newman's like nephew or something there. Um mm. but no, I, I I have been really surprised because I thought it was I thought it was a big year for Clemson basketball this year coming in. I thought they would be middle of the pack, thought they'd be fighting for a uh, you know, a tournament, maybe one of those teams on the bubble that would be like, eh, I don't know, can they get this win? But um Right now, I've been thoroughly impressed, and and also just the way they beat Maryland. Now, sure, we don't yeah. know what Maryland is. Yeah. We don't. We don't. We need to learn about them. That's why the Rutgers game today is is one that I'm really highly critical. Yeah, but uh, but other teams you mentioned there in that top. Well, first off, Illinois. I'll, I'll, just to touch base on that, can we get can we get some love to? Uh, I want to see the freshman Adam Miller more. Yeah, me too. Love you know him, that? Chicago kid. Love him. Yeah, I mean, like I completely agree with your with your uh, analysis of their team. As much as I'm bullish on them, it's like Adam Miller, uh, even Trent Frazier. Those guys are a decent options that that I feel like are underutilized thus far this season. So mm -hmm. I agree with you there. Um, as far as the rest of the top twenty five, let me pull up. I actually think North yeah. Carolina should be ranked higher than Duke too. Really, I think their resume is better. They right played, now. Yeah, they play better teams as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I get it. Duke's talent is there. So well, wait, I don't know if they played better teams, though. I mean, you, you when you lose to, I mean, one thing though, Kobe too, though, and, and I'm definitely not trying to go to bat for Duke by any means of the stretch of the imagination. But I mean, they played maybe the best two teams, not only in in, in the Big Ten, uh, but you know two essentially top 10 teams in college basketball right now. Like, I, I mean, they lost to them, sure, but 
that's tough. Yeah, and I, I think what really and, – and maybe it's just because I know that Coppin State game happened. You know yeah, what I mean? that's and Duke lost those games at home regardless of the fans. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you make a good point, though, man, because I, if they were to play tomorrow, I would probably bet on Duke. But I'm just saying, based on what I've seen this year, you know, I mean, North Carolina lost at the buzzer, Texas. Yeah. The buzzer. That was an impressive loss to me. I mean, I know that's not going to really matter come March, but You're on uh, the road, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I would if if I was ranking the top twenty-five, I would, and, and I'm no Carolina fan either, so um, I would still put Carolina above them. But well, let me ask you, what do you think about Florida State? I mean, obviously Florida had them had Johnson out, you know. So how much can we learn from that? Because they play Georgia Tech tomorrow, and I'll tell you this. I think Georgia Tech's currently getting nine, and I think Georgia Tech's playing a lot better after the Kentucky game and then I mean, granted it's Nebraska, but I, I was tempted to to take the Yellow Jackets plus the nine. Uh, yeah, in where's that? That one has to be in Tallahassee, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah, in Tallahassee. Yeah, that's I I, I like my I, I take my chances with that with Georgia Tech tomorrow with the nine. I do. I mean, yeah, they lost to you know. Uh, they lost to Georgia State and Mercer, obviously, turned it around a little bit and got some wins uh, against Nebraska on the road and obviously Kentucky. Uh, Georgia Tech's one of those really weird teams, man, but they've got some guys that are playing some really good basketball and upperclassmen. Uh, me covering that team for such a long time over the course of the last five years and just listening to um, the head coach and Josh Pastner talk about how they need to get older. They need more adults on their team, and they've got that now between Mike DeVoe and Jose uh, Alvarado, and um, I'm trying to think of the other gentleman's name who's just been an absolute monster for them up front. Moses um, Wright. Moses Wright. I mean, dude, he's just been like – looks like the most improved player uh, over a course of a season or two, dude, that I've seen in the ACC in a really long time. So I definitely like Georgia Tech with that one. Uh, you know, but as soon as you say that, I mean, Leonard Hamilton does some of the best jobs at getting some of the best out of his players. And if you would have asked me 365 days ago uh, who Patrick Williams was, I would have told you I have no idea. If you would have asked me who's the other gentleman's name who was drafted really high this year, I can't think of his name. Oh, right off. Uh, I, I know what you're talking. I know who you're talking about. It's uh, Devin Vassell. I wouldn't have I, I I I wouldn't have been able to tell you a ton, and he's comes from this backyard of right where I'm currently located for the last 15 years. So I think that it speaks volume. The Scotty Barnes thing is cool and cute and all that kind of stuff, uh, but and he's the highest ranked recruiting program history as well. But I'm just have a hard time buying stock into them, and every time, and obviously I have a hard time keeping my money in my pocket too because I go against Florida State and I lose. Uh, so that one is going to be a little bit more on the tougher side. I just don't know if I trust Georgia Tech enough. Trust uh, 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 um, Josh Pastner not to be outcoached enough. I, I, was, I was just about to say that, man. I was like, man, Pastner, it's got to be a huge year for him because I look at this roster and I and I watch them play. Now, granted, I didn't watch the Mercer game, but I'm like, man, it's almost like Arizona State. Yeah. I watch the tech and I'm like, this is a good team. There's good players on these on this. Team. How and my 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 defense so far is like, yeah, it's early in the year, but I, I I've never been sold on him as a coach. So yeah. uh, I I I just think nine points though for tomorrow 
I, I would tend to lean Yellow Jackets there. I think it's going to be one of my plays over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. So I don't know. I'll I tell you what, dude. Josh Pastner and Shaka Smart are two coaches that if they don't have it together really, really soon, I'm talking about making the tournament and or win a single game at least in the NCAA tournament, uh, they might be putting in a request for a relocation uh, compensation package of sorts. So, um, but I say this much, dude, Kobe, man, thank you so much for joining me, dude. It's been a pleasure uh, to be able to bring you on again. Y'all make sure that y'all go and follow my dude uh, on the social, on social media, specifically on Twitter at the Kobe D uh, a writer, a comedian, college basketball analyst. Go and check out his podcast. He's a host. This dude is the real deal, man. The College Experience Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Follow him at the Kobe D. And again, real quick, real quick, before we run up out of here, because we did have one person I think did miss. Only if you remember from the top of your head, if not, he has to go back and kind of rewind this joint himself. Uh, Antoine, Antoine Williams asking, and he's upset in uh, – tonight in college basketball at all from what you've been able to see, if you remember that at all. Uh, well, money line, he's basically, I, I think that, so money line plays, I would say, I mean, it's a, it's a light slate. So uh, I, would, I would, I mean, the Rutgers game already started, I think, right? Yeah. I think I so. Six o'clock yeah. was my play, but if I had to pick a second one, see, I don't think Marquette is a live dog against Creighton. Although Creighton, that's something we didn't talk about is Creighton doesn't have fans. They've always had so much of a home court advantage. Correct. I wonder how eight is that at eight against Marquette? Eight, eight yeah, eight. So I, I think that's but but to talk to, to take it on the money line, I still think I lean Creighton. I still think yeah, I lean for Creighton. sure. I definitely lean Creighton on the money. I'm just not sure with the eight. That's a little tough, and uh, we're gonna learn a lot about Marquette, which will ultimately force us to learn a lot about who Wisconsin is, uh, based a little bit on this game, but um. Uh, if that's all that you did have, and I think you said, which way did you say for uh, NFL tonight? I believe I went. You I went Browns, man, and and, and I I think that one's actually a tough game. It's not that one. I would not endorse as a as a uh, special of mine because I think that's that's a backyard brawl, man. That's that's two teams in the same conference. But I do think the Browns are playing better football right now. But I don't underestimate John Harbaugh. I think they're he yeah. the Ravens have that coaching advantage. So. We've, we've really got to be living in 2020 in unprecedented times when we're taking the Browns against a team that came in as Super Bowl contenders. Uh, that's that, that that's the truth, dude. Uh, Kobe Dan, man, thank you again for joining us, bro. Really appreciate uh, having you on. And of course, we got to do this again, man. Uh, at least maybe try and get it once a week or something if we can and lay some stuff down for the people and give them the uh, locks of the dance, if you will. Uh, where he gives us his, 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 uh, his gambling locks uh, for you guys to be able to put a couple extra presents under the tree for the kids, despite if they've been naughty or nice this year. So, uh, Kobe, man, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Anytime. Always a pleasure, man. And I'm sure we'll be texting saying, hey, you know, Rutgers just got good guard player. Or, or Man, I didn't know Maryland had this type of defense. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Been, been a blast. Yeah, no doubt. Appreciate you, man. That was my dude, uh, Kobe Dent, that was checking in with us. And as we get ready to roll up out of here, dude, I know everybody's like, mind is like going crazy and exploding. And uh, because uh, not only was that a long, very long winded uh, segment or show, if you will, but 
Uh, hopefully you got something out of it from two guys that are just extremely, extremely passionate about basketball as a whole in general and obviously about college basketball as well and learned a little bit in the process and some teams to kind of look out for. Keep your eyes and your ears open. Speaking of keeping your eyes and your ears open, remember to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe anywhere uh, that you find your favorite podcast to right here. Tate's take. I like to call it the best, the most entertaining, the most informational and the most educational basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast. So be sure to share along with a friend, family member, um, hell, uh, uh, enemy, if you will, uh, you know, mama, grandmama, everybody go and share with someone who, you know, loves hoops at the local barbershops at the local sports bars, or just shoot them a text. If you're not getting out, cause COVID is too wacky right now. Uh, so make sure that you go and do that and follow along on social media. That's on IG as well as on the Twitter Tate's take hoops, T A T E S T A K E H O O P S hashtag where basketball lives. See you on a minute.